You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network just joined us. Coming up at noon from the Associated Press, it is not news until Tom Withers says so, and he will join us at high noon. So interesting conversation with Andrew Siciliano, especially when it comes to the draft and you know, looking at the perspective of how this draft is going to be uh, influenced by the fact of NIL money, uh, you know, COVID players that got extra years uh, and all of those things that are kind of sitting in there. Uh, that will make this a very, very interesting draft. As he said, you know, the first three rounds will probably be really, really good, and then after that, things could drop off dramatically as far as getting impact players, although that, I mean, part of that is natural. You're not expecting a fourth, fifth, sixth-round or seventh-round player to have the same kind of impact you would a first- or second-round player, but still, you can find a diamond in the rough, and we've seen that before. So, uh, But it does sound like there's a significant drop-off because you've got players that want to stay in college because they're making more money in college than they would the pros. Well, what, Caleb Williams yesterday to Kalen Kaler, and I mean, we all knew that he was doing well, and it, it wasn't yesterday's day before, I should say, came out saying he made $10 million playing college football for USC. I mean, if you make $10 million in NIL playing college football, now again, that's the number one overall pick that was the big name in college football this year, and it's USC on top of that. But, like, if that number is on the table, it definitely changes the way that some of these people think, and it definitely changes the way that guys who are – mocked in the third round, fourth round, who have an extra year of eligibility, can look at this and go, well, maybe I could stay a year. I can make similar money to what I'm going to get in the NFL, and I can maybe work my stock up a little bit too to where then I can get more money when my eligibility is gone. It, Not to mention it lets them get a little bit more polished before they make it to the NFL. It's why I screamed the mountaintops that NIL is a win-win-win. This is all a win for the NFL. It's a win for college football, and it's a win the whole way through. And we're sitting here still screaming about it to this day, and I, I don't totally get it besides coaches sitting there going, well, you know, it's really hard for me to be able to build my program when I can bring these 18-year-olds in and then I don't play them for a year, and then they get grumpy because, oh, my gosh, I didn't get played. And it's like, yeah, football players want to play. That's how this works. So if you just want to put it in perspective, uh, the you know, the rookies are slotted. So the number one pick overall is what forty one point two million, according to Spot Tracker, Spot Tracker, whatever you want to call it. Um, forty one point two million is number one, and then there's the drop off. There is two million thirty nine point four million for the number two pick. But even if you're the thirty first pick uh, in the NFL draft, you're making twelve point five or twelve point seven five million. Is that so over the length too, of the contract? I think that's over the length of the contract. That's the rookie deal, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Honestly, I didn't think that was yearly because that's more than Sam Bradford even got, and that contract was ridiculous. No, so according to the story, I was just, just making sure I got this. 
projected contract for number one last year in the 23 pick was estimated at $41.217 million in total value, signing bonus, and approximately 26.9 and uh, 2023 salary hit of 7.4. Right. So that makes more sense. Bryce Young was looking at those numbers. So if you're a college kid and you're looking at those numbers, and I mean, bottom of the first round is making that, like, if you are at Michigan and it's looking like you are going to be a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, like you could see where last year that collective coming together and going, yeah, let's pay these guys to pay him to stay. It makes total sense then. And you'd see why these guys are going to stay. And I, again, I think this is beneficial. I think we are going to knock on wood, get cleaner play in the NFL because these times are, these guys are going to have more time in college. And I think college is going to get better because we have older guys playing it, which means it'll be a little bit more polished. It's just a win. But yet, we're still yelling and screaming. And we still have college coaches going, oh, my God, the transfer portal. Oh, NIL. Oh, the horror of the humanity. Well, I mean, really, what are we saying here? Second, mid-round, second rounder for $10 million? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, why wouldn't you stay in college? Yeah. And your odd, I, I don't know, are your odds slimmer of getting hurt in college? No, because the players are, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, yeah, they're bigger, faster, and stronger. Well, heck, what we're looking at at these, uh, <laughs> at these grades, the facilities are nicer where these college kids are coming from, too. Well, that's true. I mean, that's, and, and that's going to be the case. And these facilities are going to be nicer in college than they are in the NFL because we've had years of people going, yes, here's my financial donation. We can't pay the players and we have to recruit them. So how do we do that? Hey, everybody, we have a fountain in our locker room. We're Clemson. Come on down. You like miniature golf? We have that in our locker room, too. Hey, are you an LSU Tiger? Well, guess what? Your locker's going to have a 20-inch TV in the middle of it. These are what these guys are coming from because they could never invest it into the players, so they just always invested it in the facilities. Sure. That's why these college facilities are out of control. All right, I'm going to break. Speaking of breaking down, so we were going through the NFLPA report card, okay? And the the one thing that I thought was super interesting was Kevin Stefanski's grade of a B minus. So, I mean, on the surface, B minus is good, right? It's good. I. It's how I got through. Grade school, college, high school, middle school, life. <laughs> B minus, man. That's right in the meaty part of the curve. That's what we're aiming for. So where does that rank in among all NFL teams? 28th. 28th. According to the NFL PA story, only 70% of players feel that Kevin Stefanski is efficient with their time. That was 29th overall. Players feel that Kevin Stefanski is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room. 23rd overall. I'm a little shocked at this. Is it, does this make you think that there's a – there are two ways to look at it. There's a disconnect, a disconnect between the players and Kevin Stefanski. You can look at it that way. Or the disconnect between Kevin Stefanski and the players is greater for the Browns than it is for 27 teams above them in the NFL. Does that make sense, the way I put that? A little bit, but I'll – can I clean it up slightly more? Yeah, go ahead. Is Kevin Stefanski a player's coach? Doesn't feel that way after reading no. this. I thought he was. I kind of thought I he was. never thought he was. I never thought to my – you know, at least from things that you hear and from the way that, you know, you'll hear players speak about it. And it's not like they're insulting Kevin Stefanski. It's not like they're infuriated with he, them. Every time has the players back in a press conference. He always has the players I, back. I don't know that I've ever heard him throw a player under the bus. 100% I'm trying yes. to think if he did. And he's got expectations, and he's got goals, and he's got philosophies. And those philosophies aren't 
You know, they involve a boatload of work for guys. And my guess is the expectations are high. So I don't know if I look at this, if I'm Kevin Stefanski and I look at this and I go, oh my gosh, this is an insult. I'm not doing something right. I wonder if I'm looking at this and going, okay, they gave me a B minus. I do have high expectations. We went 11 and five last year. We've we're the trajectory is does seem to be. But are do you up. look at it as I'm doing a good job or I'm one of the worst coaches in the NFL because I'm 28? I look at it as I'm doing a good job. I mean, if you look at these, Andy, and let me pull up all the grades in front of me because you know if I was better at my job, I would have done this earlier. But like if. If you pull all of it together and put all of these teams in a line and see who fits where, okay? The Detroit Lions A-plus with Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell was the player's coach of player's coaches because he was a player. Andy Reid, A-plus, Kansas City Chiefs. Makes total sense. He's always been known that way. His players have always loved Andy Reid. Andy Reid didn't make a big deal about Travis Kelsey screaming at him at the Super Bowl. Has an expectation for his players, but is an unbelievable player's coach. Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, A-plus, former quarterback in the league. Players coach. Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, A. Interesting that that came out after some of the pieces that came out last year of years previous with Sean McDermott. I would have thought that Kevin Stefanski would have had a higher grade than him. I would have thought so, too. Especially, again, you could go read Tyler Dunn's awesome piece on inside of the uh, the Bills locker room if you want to go more into that. This isn't really the place to do it. But you see a lot of these guys are A's. Some of them had really good success during the regular season. Some of them exceeded expectations. And others kind of flopped, but still were in decent shape. I mean, um, Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles, he got an A from his players. Now, the fan base all wanted to can him. Same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin. He got an A. Well, the fan base all wanted to can him. They called him underachievers. Seattle Seahawks, an A under Pete Carroll. He got fired or reassigned. Sorry, let me do that. So... As much as we want to sit here and we want to point to these different things and go, well, should the you know should Kevin Stefanski be concerned? Sean Payton got an A minus. They benched their quarterback with two, two to three games left in the season because they didn't want to pay him. So like, yeah, we can sit here and point to this and go, oh yeah, these numbers should be higher. These should be better. The New York Giants got an A minus. No offense to Puba, they didn't exactly exceed expectations this year. No, but if the players are happy, it doesn't really matter what they did, right? According to this survey, right? And this the is the Players Association survey. What do the fans care about? Wins, losses. Where do you yell at the head coach for when he loses? You rarely yell at the head coach when he wins. It's true. Want to talk ownership? Just throw that in. Okay. So Kevin got a B minus, which was twenty eighth. Um, I, I don't know. Is this the Haslam group or is it just Jimmy Haslam? I think most people think Jimmy and D. There's always one person who is the forefront, quote unquote, owner. So it's Jimmy and D though yes. together. I, it's, I mean, I know they want to they want to label everything Haslam Group between the Bucks and uh, the crew. And, Everybody has a face in the Browns. There's so. always a face of the franchise, and the face of this franchise is Jimmy and D. So Jimmy Most Haslam Jimmy. got a B, just straight B, and that made him 17th in the league, which is where I kind of think you want to be if you're an owner. You don't want to be at the top. You don't want to be at the bottom. You want to be in the middle, right? You want to be the guy that can walk in there and shake hands and be like, hey, that's that's Mr. Haslam. Good guy. Hey, P, that's yeah. the guy whose name is on the bottom of my check. So here's the, the clip that's inside of it so that you yeah. can understand what the rating is for. It's club owner Jimmy Haslam. This is according to the NFL Players Association. Go to NFLPA.com if you want to read all these. 
Club owner Jimmy Haslam receives a rating of 8.6 out of 10 for Browns players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. So just in the facilities, it has nothing to do with being an owner or nope. paychecks or negotiations. Nope. or It's all about facilities. At least that's what it says right here. Now, I don't, you know. Or that was their biggest takeaway from the responses they got from the players in their survey. I would guess that, Andy, but I don't know for a fact. That would be my guess. That would be my guess, is that it has to do more with facilities than anybody else because I don't think there are any owners who are out there anymore who are make, you know who are, are laid on checks or who are, you know, negotiations are rarely done with players. It's all agents. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, really. But you never know. I mean, you never know an owner could say something and be like, oh. So, all right, let's talk more about Jimmy. We'll do that. And then I also want to bring up a story that kind of touched our heart yesterday. So, uh, we will bring that up. 216-474-0092. That is the number to call in or hit us up on social media at CLE Talking Heads. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan, 216-474-0092. Just want to take a couple seconds here. We want to talk about... um, Something that happened, um, I don't know, big picture stuff. Uh, Richard Lewis, who was a friend of the show, and I, I don't say that lightly. Richard was on the show uh, a couple times, especially when Les Levine was still with us. Um, uh, really was awesome for giving us time. And it would be the times he would come on, I think he came on like twice, maybe three times, I'm not sure. But it was when Les and I would host on Fridays during football season, and Richard would, uh, every once in a while, he'd pop on with us. And it was it was great, and you know, then I had the chance to kind of just maintain some correspondence with Richard um, through social media over the last couple of years, and knew he was kind of ill, and it really bummed me out. Was uh, you know, I was the one that let him know that that Les had passed, 
Uh, he, maybe he knew. Somebody else may have told him or not. But I, at least I felt like I was the one that told him that because he had reacted uh, pretty quickly on that. And so it just reminds me of, you know, of Les. I, like, I could not stop thinking about Les yesterday and his relationship with Richard because I can't tell you how many times I would walk in here and he'd be like, oh, did you see Richard? Did you do this? And then, you know, Les and I always had this bond over Curve Your Enthusiasm because, I mean, it's hard to believe the show's been on as long as it has. Um, you know, my... Man, it's been uh, almost 19 years. It'll be 19 years since my brother passed away. And that my dad, my brother, and I used to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm the first couple seasons. And you know how most people watch a football game. They'll, they you know, used to stick around for the postgame show. Well, I would call my dad and I would call my brother and we would have a three-way conference and we would just laugh for another hour after watching, you know, the newest Curb Your Enthusiasm come out. And in that time, I've lost both my dad and my brother and – I remember when my dad passed away, Les was like, well, call me on Sunday nights now. And, uh, you know, so I did. And I just, you know, it just, it makes you realize it's, you know, sometimes we lose some of the funniest ones. But Richard was so kind and so dear uh, to be able to join us based on his friendship with, with Les. Um, but I just want to take a couple seconds to talk about that and, and, and share and reminisce and maybe talk about some of the funny things Richard Lewis did, um, especially with Jeff Thomas, who just walked in the studio. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Andy. How are you? So I'm good. One of the things I'll chime in with, and I don't think I'm speaking out of school on this one. Sure. So for those of you who did not know, um, Richard Lewis went to Ohio State University. Right. He was fraternity brothers with Les Levine. Right. My fraternity, too, by the way. Yours as well. Yeah, That's I don't awesome. really I, I know just, that. It was a um, quick little episode of my life, but yeah. The, the rule of the two of them always was once a year, Richard would hop on with Les. And that even, that goes way back. They always had the deal that it was once a year that they would do it, and it was usually right around the beginning of Ohio State Buckeye season because Richard Lewis was a massive, massive Buckeye fan, and it always made me smile when Les would host that day because I'd think for half a second that maybe, just maybe, this is a Richard Lewis day. And Lewis would come on with us, and we would all just die laughing with Richard Lewis and just talk about anything on the face of the earth, and it was just outstanding. And so I will miss Richard Lewis, and thank you for all of the laughs as well. Well, think about Richard Lewis is a little retrospective here, okay? Because sure, not yeah. everybody knows Richard Lewis, which is kind of sad because incredibly funny. Because I remember seeing him the first time back in the 80s. He was like the most neurotic comic you've ever seen do stand-up in your yeah. life. And the thing about it is started uh, doing the circuit in New York in the 1970s. Hit it big in the early 80s when he was getting on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Also did a lot of appearances with Letterman. And that's where you kind of got to see the, the shtick that was Richard Lewis. Now, he would deal with things we all had to deal with. But it was harder because it was Richard Lewis. See, we all hate the DMV, but it was harder for Richard Lewis. <laughs> now, the other thing about Richard was very neurotic take. I think he may have been the most neurotic stand-up comic we've ever seen. Uh, but it wasn't his fault, though. This all stemmed from his family. <laughs> oh, that's a funny. great line. What a great line. Yeah. At courtesy of The Tonight Show and NBC so that's where Richard's claim to fame started doing stand-up. In fact, he was still doing stand-up just up to a couple years ago when he announced he was dealing with Parkinson's. Um, the thing I remember most about Richard Lewis, which is the most personal to me, it was a sitcom a lot of folks may not remember. It was back in the late 80s, early 90s on ABC called Anything But Love, which co-starred yep. someone you may have heard of, Jamie Lee Curtis. And the thing about the show was I don't think Richard was acting a lot because – this is actually the first scene they meet each other on an airplane. I think Richard would have done the exact same thing if this was real life. I don't think he was acting. I really, really don't. So the show aired for four seasons. 
Now, here's the weird thing about the show. ABC never canceled it. The company that produces 20th Century Fox didn't think there'd be a fifth season, so they just pulled the plug. Really? Without even hearing from the network. And they didn't think we'd make any money from syndication. Here's the part that ticks me off is it's not streaming anywhere. It's Richard Lewis and Jamie Lee Curtis, yet it's not online anywhere to watch. Just a few tidbits on YouTube. The reason the show meant a lot to me, my wife was dating you know, me at the time, and we had been friends for a long time before we actually started dating. And that was the premise of the show. They started as friends, and then later on in the show, they started dating. Huh. So, they should, so I pretty much, I was Richard Lewis. So that's how my claim to fame and a connection, I pretty much was Richard Lewis in real life and almost as neurotic as well. Now, the other thing about Richard is, besides the stand-up and doing the, the, the show, was great job in Robin Hood, Men in Tights, as the evil prince. Yes. Who knew how to have a good time no matter what. So that was my introduction to Richard Lewis. That, that's pretty much where it came was, in. Was Robin Hood Men in Tights. And I remember I was 10 or 11. And my dad was like, sit down, you need to watch this. <laughs> and I sat there and I laughed so darn hard. The whole the whole thing of, I don't know whose idea it was to keep moving the mole in that movie, but my goodness, was that outstanding. Is there a mole somewhere else? Isn't it, I, I have, have a mole? mole? I mean, it's just, I, I actually watched it last night when I saw Richard Lewis pass away. And I was trying to think, okay, which curb episode? I was like, forget it, Men in Tights. Let's do it. And I sat there and just giggled last night. That movie has its moments that are just so good. The weird thing, that courtesy 20th Century Fox, the weird thing is my wife's not a huge Mel Brooks fan. She loves that movie. She loves Men in Tights. I don't know why. Maybe because it's guys in tights. I don't know. I've tried it myself. It's a whole different story. He's a smoothie. He's truth. All right, so the show we all know him from best, Curb Your Enthusiasm, as he was there from the very beginning back in 2000. And the thing I didn't realize until recently Larry David and Richard Lewis were born in the same hospital three days apart in 1947. It's amazing. Richard was born first three days later. Larry was born. They didn't meet up till they were 12 at a summer camp, and they were lifelong friends in real life. So how they acted on screen was not a joke. One of the best things was how they would make fun of each other. You know, Richard had that phase during the show where he tried to be an artist. Hell <laughs> <laughs> of an artist. All right, so the the thing everyone's talking about now, sadly, with Richard's passing, was the episode that aired last weekend, we uh, the golf yeah. tip uh, episode. And the fact is that, first of all, these guys, they loved joking around with each other. So, of course, you got the golf tip. It's all about the tug, apparently. <laughs> now, the scene that's kind of really taken a whole new meaning with Richard passing is... He and Larry talking about trying to get into the will and what they would do with that. <laughs> the thing that I could, could you go out on a better note? I know. That is just I mean, fantastic. seriously, could you go out on a better note? Now, from what I've read, that was his final scene on the show. Now, we still have six more episodes left in the final season. But what I'm reading, I don't know how true this is. This was this that. Episode three was the last one Richard's in. Wow. I hope that's not true, but that's kind of what I'm seeing online right now. Uh, but he, Richard found a whole new audience. And the best thing about, for, and I think for all of us, for liking him as much as we did, Richard did this after he found sobriety. He, he, had, he had alcohol problems back in the early 90s. Uh, in fact, Jamie Lee Curtis paid tribute to Richard last night on, on social media by saying that basically he helped her get sober. Back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, she put out a, a whole statement about a that. a wonderful yeah. statement about that. And then, you know, Richard, I said he'd been clean and sober since 97. So he ran the whole gamut through Curb 
being sober and being happy with his life. You know, he still had to play the neurotic depressed guy. Yeah, he had a little run-in with Ohio State, too. Um, yeah, I remember that. That was You know, I, I don't know. I look back at it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Until I had the chance to actually talk to Richard, I was not. I, I was kind of bummed out about the whole thing because yeah. <clears throat> somebody made a mistake. Do I, do I, I don't know if I really want to explain No, it, it's, it's part just, of the story. You yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, they put out that media guide every year and somebody it had famous alumni and... You know, one of the kids who had access to, I shouldn't say kids, students, one of the students had access to the pages um, that would go in the media guide and, you know, had noted all these famous alumni and, you know, they were joking around and they put the word drunk in after his name, which I thought was, Richard got really mad about it. Richard wasn't happy and then the school made amends with him and then somebody actually ended up losing their job, but then they ended up getting their job back, which makes me very, very happy because... Um, this was a friend of mine, too, on top of that. And so I was kind of like, okay, everything's kind of forgotten and everything's good. But, you know, Richard Richard was a comedian, and there was a student that was trying to be funny, but he didn't really like it, and it kind of bummed him out. But they ended up coming back around, and everything kind of, you know, time heals all wounds and stuff like that. But that was a that was a weird thing, like, when it happened. I was just like, really? Richard's mad about? And then he well, had yeah, a whole stand This was a guy it. who was trying to, you know, fight some – Inner demons and yeah. find of sobriety, and that kind of you know. I, I but that see was I also his off. like he had a movie called Drunk too, didn't he? It was a movie, I, or was a, there was a special that he did like that. But that's not. I mean, that's not my point the, today. The and thing, I really hear well, it. It was called uh, 1995. He did a thing. The called thing I Drunks. remember most about was when Richard was here in studio with us, which was one of one of the best days ever in my radio career. And here's the part that upsets me. So Tim Richards, who works for our, yeah. one of our sister stations, Star 102. Comes up to me this morning and says, oh, man, I remember when Richard was here, and he paid you this great compliment. But I can't remember what he said, and I can't remember what the hell he said either. Oh, so no, Richard really? Lewis paid me a compliment. I don't know what he said. I'm losing my mind because I don't know what Richard said. He said he's something good about me, and I don't know what he said. It ticks me off. Maybe you should check the will. Maybe I should. Am I in the will? <laughs> you can bequeath, but I will not take it. I will not be bequeathed. Well, now you got to put Richard in your will. I that's do. That's a whole other problem. All right, go to, get, get to the executor. <laughs> We got to talk. I got to state the plan. But Richard, he will be sorely missed. You very unique comic. The man dressed in black, and he did it on yeah. purpose. That was his thing for you know fifty some odd years. Uh, great talent, and he will be missed. There was also the clip of him floating around on the Rich Eisen show, where he tells an awesome story about having to go to dinner with Larry David and what it was like. And it, it is you will laugh very. It's hard probably if you the show, it. right? It's probably straight from the show. Oh, it became a plot that. later on. Yeah, I just but it wasn't when Richard told the story. I don't know. I got to tell you, Les was so proud to be his friend, wasn't he? I uh, mean, he why, was so Why proud. would you not be proud? Oh, he was just like, hey, Richard Lewis, Richard Lewis. And like, Les and I were The first about time he time. said that to me, I thought he was full of crap. Yeah, I'm friends with, I went to college with Lewis. No, you didn't. I, I'm just trying you to did think. did not. And then he showed me the picture from college. Oh, did you? Okay, so I've I have seen it. the picture. Jeremy just gave it to me. His son, Jeremy. Gave oh, that's awesome. I saw Hello, that. Jeremy. I, Hope you're well. Oh, my God. That was really Richard It's their Lewis. fraternity composite. Yes. And... So I don't know. I, I'm going to ask Jeremy if I can send it back. Well, Les did not. I did not find Les as a guy who could have the ability to Photoshop something. So I, yeah, this was, this was oh, legit. there's no way. No, no, he did not have that skill. Like, do you think Les would have put Lester Levine on no. there? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust me, I've worked enough with technology and Les, and have a lot of great stories about it. Les couldn't have Photoshopped no, that not at all. No, I'll come my parents named me Lester. That's probably what he would. That would have been a great book for him. Ah. Anyhow, so I just I'm just so blessed to be able to to know both those guys in my lifetime and to have uh to have Les make that connection with Richard and for Very me to cool. have the opportunity to talk to him and then continue to talk to him a few more times after Les had passed yeah. away. So I just 
He is going to be missed and a part of you know all of our one of our favorite shows of all time. He yeah. was he was on the show a couple times. I'm digging around and attempting to find those archives of Richard Lewis on the show with us. And if I get them, we will send them out. I would love to play the whole. Interview. I would love to play him too, but I got to find him. Well, good luck to you. Thank you, Jeff Thomas. Thank you very Peace much. Out, boys, you're a good man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sunshine in on downtown Cleveland right now as I look out the window here at Playhouse Square. Baskin and Phelps, Jeff is off today. Dan Menigan is in. What a crazy morning it was, especially if you're trying to get to work. The freeways were backed up, all kinds of issues with snow, and that snow came in really fast this morning. I don't know. We got some wacky weather coming up over the next week or two. What we're supposed to get, You know, this reminds me because I didn't tell the story the other day, and I wanted to tell it really quick. So I'm driving to Cincinnati over the weekend, and I'm on 71. And I stayed in Columbus on Friday night and then headed down to uh, Cincinnati on, on Sunday. And so I'm like, ah, oh, this is, you know, it's an easy drive to get down. It was going to Miami of Ohio. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's not such a bad drive from Columbus. Broke it up. Everything's good. I hit the road about 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday heading down to Cincinnati. Oh, my God, it was bad. And I don't think they use as much salt on the road as they do up here. I, but it, it's just a reminder, like, when you're out there, especially for the folks that were driving around this morning, here, it was kind of similar, only it seemed like it was worse because you couldn't see the road at all on 71, like right around uh, Washington Courthouse. Jeffersonville down there. So as as I'm driving, I'm doing like 50, 45 in the slow lane, and I'm not about to get out of the slow lane, right? right. I'm that guy. Of course. I'm like, I'm happy. If there's a truck ahead of me, I, I'm okay with it. Right. Like, I, I have I'm no problem my driving. pace. This is what I'm safe doing. This is what I feel comfortable doing in my car. Yes. I don't want to push shoes in front of me, and I really don't feel like getting pushed by somebody from behind me because they feel like they need to do 100 miles an hour when it's clearly the opportunity for black ice is there. So now I'm in the car, and I look, and my daughter's sitting next to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, watch that. See that? And it was an Audi that thought that for some reason that their car was better than everybody else's car, and he was doing like, 75 and i watched him just right off the 71 right into the medium and it was one of those high up in the air on one side kind of a little bit of a mound Hmm. so the car goes skidding off i see it hit two wheels it goes up in the air and now all of a sudden i'm watching it and now it falls back down on the ground one two it lands at like kind of the, the the crest of the hill it flips all the way around. So now the, the car would be in the opposite direction. of So rather than me heading southbound, 
the front of the car is now heading northbound, right? And now the car, like, I don't know if it was immobilized or not, but it's slipping down the ramp. Jeez. And I'm watching this, and then there's oncoming traffic coming from the other direction, and all of a sudden the car just stopped in the mud. I was like, man, that guy's lucky that he didn't get it. But, oh, absolutely. You know, you're you're only as good as your tires. I don't care what your car is. Oh, 100% yes, and you're only as good as the road conditions are. So, And black guys doesn't care how good your tires are. Doesn't care. As much as things took place this morning when it came to traffic that were just absolutely mind-numbing, I can kind of understand it from the fact that it's like, okay, we, we should take our time. It rained a whole boatload and then snowed, and we all know how that goes. When it rains, it washes all that salt off, and then that snow comes down and things get ugly. So... I, I get it from that perspective, but this morning was ridiculous. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. It was a little nuts that we were in this position. And not to mention, on top of that, I know we live in Cleveland, Ohio, and I know what we signed up for. I'm very well aware of all those things. I am someone who says I, I, I love all four seasons. I love living here for that reason. This week of, okay, so we're going to be 70 degrees and then you're going to wake up, it's going to be 60 degrees outside, and when you walk out of work, it's going to be 40, then it's going to be 20 when you wake up the next day. Like, this is ridiculous. Even for us, this you is You wonder ridiculous. why everybody's sick right now, too. Like, right. I missed yesterday. I'm barely hanging on today. Jeff's not here today, so I just kind of felt like I better be here for the team, right? Or you don't trust me. No, I trust you. I, you I just, I just, you know I what I don't need? Me. Like, can, can someone just understand you. that? We live in this world now where you still try to help out the team. I'm just having fun by the way. No, because I'm going to get some basement dweller who has nothing better to do, and they hear me, you know, like my voice is a little bit off, or I'm coughing every once in a while, or you can hear me coughing in your mic. I, like, I don't come to work thinking that I want to do that. Just so I can tell you that, I do everything I can so that if I've got to clear my throat or I've got, like, I'm totally congested right now. I'm not, you know, I went to the doctor yesterday trying to get, Get through this as quick as I can. You're doing great. Yeah, but what drives me nuts are like, hey, why did you go to work? I heard you cough, man. That's the gross. Okay, the whole world coughs. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Sorry. I think that's. I don't want to break to you. I think that's right next to that other book. Which one? Everybody coughs. It's right next to everybody. Well, you know. Oh, I thought you were going to say flatulence is your friend. I thought that was the next one. one That's right next to the other one. That's everybody. You know. But it's not like so. Please save your tweets because I'm just going to block you or I'm going to. I'm going to mute you if you do that. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've muted people for that. So if you feel like you're consistently sending that, like, I don't know how, but somehow, some way, sometimes I have people muted and they can still get into my timeline. How does that happen? Just blame Elon Musk. It's easier. I don't understand that. Like, so I've completely muted some people. And, you know, the problem is you may have a great sports take, but I'm never going to see it again because you felt the need that you, like, had to rip me on a day that, like, I'm just trying to be a team player here for all of us, all of Northeast Ohio. I blame trying Elon. to be here for all of us. I blame Elon. Yeah, blame Elon. That's the easiest way. He to made me cough. Stuff. He made me clear my throat. All right, so a little bit of off the beaten path news as well that we can do uh, on the tail end of this. So Shohei Otani announced that he officially got married in an Instagram post. Yeah, what's that all about? So, like, this is a double-edged sword because there's one part of me that puts my hand in the air and goes, I don't care. Don't care. Didn't care before. Don't care now. Good for you. Nothing but health and happiness to you and the family. But there's another part of me that sees this and goes, did Major League Baseball maybe actually get something kind of right? What do you mean? Well, we made a giant deal during the football season about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. A slightly smaller deal about Jonathan Owens and um, Simone Biles. 
married, you know, who are married. Of course, Jonathan Owens, backup safety for the Packers. Simone Biles was all over the place during Packer games and all that stuff as well. And the NFL promoted all of these different things. Are we now going to take this pop culture aspect of our biggest stars and start promoting it? And is Major League Baseball maybe onto something by going, hey, our best player got married? And putting this out there with the picture of him and his dog, he did not put a picture of his beloved on there. But do we like this and do we think this is the direction that sports are starting to go? That maybe this marketing aspect of having some level of celebrity to all of this, and I guess for lack of better terminology, e-channel to all of it, is the right direction. All right, so I had this conversation about Taylor and Travis the other day, right? Right. And they're so high profile. Yes, it's out of control. Is it to their advantage? And I'm not saying, look, if they love each other and they want to be together, should they get married? Unless, I mean, if they want to have kids, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, like, okay, got it. I'm very much, it's your life, do with it as you see yeah, fit. I Whatever see you do thing. has no impact on what I do. I, it's just how how I am with this. I just think it's interesting that we have now developed, and, and it's been there for a little while, I mean, heck, you can point back to Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio if you want. But, like, we've really hit this point where sports really have turned into TMZ on us. And we have an aspect of this world that has had some connections, but not a ton. It's more than that. It's just journalism is, is not what it was. It's just it isn't. And in some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. I mean, there's information getting out there that perhaps people need to know and need to know quicker. Think about how fast you can find out about, like, let's take something in a positive light. Amber Alert, right? Right. Like, Amber Alert is instant. We all know it within seconds. Without question. And, you know, or, you know, weather data that we need quickly. Uh, tornado warnings. All of those things are are really good. But how many times do we see these stories sometimes where you jump to conclusions and come up with opinion as soon as you hear the story, or the story has opinion in it in itself, and sometimes it's one source reporting or complete speculation. And that's just kind of where I just, we're failing each other, I think, in some ways. Because we're in such a big hurry to get the story out sometimes that we don't let the facts get in the way. And they should. That's why I'm telling you, you know, when I, I, it's a joke sometimes when I say with Tom Withers, it's not news until Tom Withers says so. Because I know Tom vents his stories to make sure that yes. everything is a thousand percent accurate. Yes. Like I don't ever question anything that Tom Withers says because I've been reading him long enough. I trust him, and I also know that he is, you know, an Associated Press writer that holds himself to extremely high standards and isn't going to go flimsy on a story where he might need a second source. And you know, and Tom's joining us here in a couple minutes, and I didn't mean that for any that I, there was. Like, I didn't write down, oh, make sure you say this about Tom. No, I... But I, I, I'm telling you that for someone who's been in the business as long as... And Jeff will agree with me on this, so I, can, I think I can speak for him. Like, we trust Tom. Like, so, there's no questions. It was... Had to have been the Hugh Jackson era. So somewhere in 2018, 2019, somewhere in that area. Seth Wickersham put out a piece of ESPN. Seth Wickersham does an unbelievable job. He he vets a lot of stuff. He works really hard. I am not saying what I'm about to say to insult Seth Wickersham, okay? Please do not take it that way. He is awesome at what he does. He's one of the best writers we have going. He put out a piece from there that had a whole bunch of anonymous sources on it. I'll never forget when it came out, and I thought, okay, let's, let's have Tom out because I have gotten to know Tom decently enough. And it was one of the most 
wonderful conversations I have ever had about journalism. When I brought Tom Withers on, and all I did was say to him, you read the Wickersham piece, what do you think? And Tom goes, here's the problem we're running into with pieces like this. It is anonymous sources all over the place. We have nothing that's had a second source. We, it, it just basically was like, I'm not insulting Seth Wickersham because I know he worked hard at this. And I know what he's saying in here is not made up. But this is not the extent that I work with. And this is why I'm the Associated Press, and that's why that's ESPN. So you're going to laugh because I know you sometimes, you know, like especially when you first started, I know Jeff and I would look and you'd be like, oh, I've got so-and-so beat reporter. We're going to bring him in. Correct. And Jeff and I would sometimes look at you with a third eye. Now, we trust your judgment, but especially early on, Jeff and I have been around here. Like you have to understand that sometimes when we're talking, especially about our own teams, to get information about our own teams, I I, mean, I trust the, the folks that are around these teams 24-7. Right. And sometimes when we bring in a national writer to talk about our teams that will say things that Jeff and I might already know or are in the background or we know where we would go mm-hmm. to get the information, a lot of times when something flies national first before local, Jeff and I will both have this instant reaction of the team just planted something. Yes. That happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and that's why I think sometimes, like this is all behind the curtain stuff, but Sometimes when we, we talk to guests, Jeff and I, like, we know who we like to talk to because we know who we trust because mm-hmm. we've just been around this game too long. And at some point, you'll look and be like, oh, no, I know why those guys did that, why they said that. All right. We're off and moving, aren't we? We're having, like, meetings here in the middle of a segment. We'll break Pooh in This is great. He'll come in. We'll break down. We'll talk ethics with him. It'll be next. great. Tom Withers, Associated Press. Anyone? Anyone? Tom Withers from the Associated Press. We can talk anything with him, and we will. Next, Baskin and Phelps. With, you know who, Dan Menigan sitting in today. Want to be a part of the show? All you need to do, 216-474-0092. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 